0: Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Surf Splendor. I'm your host, David Scales. Thrilled to be back. Um, Last week, I was working to get an episode out to you, which is an interview with William Finnegan, the author of Barbarian Days, which, obviously, really well received book. We've talked about it a bit on this show. Um, A lot of you listeners actually have. Recommended it, and we're asking for an interview with William, and he lives in New York. Obviously, he's a staff writer at The New Yorker, um, but he was out here recently visiting family, and so I was able to link up with him, and I've got that episode. Wasn't able to get it out last week just because of the holiday. Um, there's a bit of editing that needed to be done post-production you know, post with the episode, um, but I will get that out. Looks like it's going to get to you probably at the end of this month, actually, because since then... I met with and recorded an episode with Derek Riley and Chas Smith from Beach Grit. Um, and we talk about the world title and some pipe, you know, pipeline related stuff. And it just seems like that's more timely. I'd like to get that out to you next week, right before the Pipe Masters event. Um, and then the Finnegan thing will go out two weeks after that. So that's what you have to look forward to for the month of December. A lot of writers on the show this month. And then, of course, surf news today and surf news two weeks from now. All right. So look forward to that. And uh, the bit of business that I always have to say is just you can follow us on social media at Surf Splendor. Engage in conversation with us there. And feel free to leave comments on the website in regard to today's show. Um, SurfSplendorPodcast.com is where you find us. All right. Cheers. Thanks. I'll uh, sign us off at the end of the show. All down
1: the line, yeah, guy, yeah, friggin' guy. Surf Talk Podcast coming at you down the line, Surf Talk Podcast. Scott Bass, David Lee Scales, am I too close to the mic, David?
0: Uh, no, perfect, actually.
1: Okay, um, it's December 1st, the first day of December in the year 2015. And uh, I think I mentioned it's a Tuesday, right? Nope, nope. now you did. Okay, it's a Tuesday. And that was the Rolling Stones' "Exile on Main Street." All down the line, quite fitting, as we are down the line. Surf Talk Radio. Do I have to lean forward, or do you want me
0: back? I here? think we're good, dude. Just you're good. We're the same distance apart. It's fine. All right. Uh, well, welcome back, man. How's Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was thankful. Were you express? Did you express a lot of gratitude I on did. Thanksgiving?
1: You know, I try to express gratitude
0: every day. I try to as well. It's important. It is. Yeah. I feel like my life is better when I'm living in gratitude.
1: Amen, brother. Yeah. Keep the spiritual flame
0: rolling. Yes. For those around the world who don't celebrate Thanksgiving, those outside of the U.S., last week was a holiday week for us, which is why we did not record a podcast. But good to be back. Yeah. Um, you know what did wrap up last week, though, was the Holly Eva event. Right. First crown. First jewel. Of the triple Hollyva Pro, Holiva Pro sponsorless. By the way,
1: yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna throw Reef in there, but I guess it's not Reef's Hollyva Pro anymore.
0: It feels awkward to not say Reef, right? Yeah, it does, it does. Yeah, I was waiting for one of the commentators to actually slip up and just say it. You yeah. Know? Um, so the the triple crown is still sponsored by Vans, of course, but the individual event uh, did not have a sponsorship. So.
1: So what do you got to say about the? It was underwhelming.
0: No, but. well, I mean the waves are underwhelming, but Wade Carmichael won, and I was so thrilled with that. I think Wade surfs unbelievably well. I love, I've loved watching him for years, and his style, of course, is a throwback style, like a lot of power, a lot of flow, not a lot of airs. He does do them, but it's definitely not his strong suit. Um, and it was just rad to see him excel in waves that you wouldn't necessarily think that he would excel in. You would have thought Felipe Toledo would have won that event, you know, or something like that, Gabriel Medina or something. Yeah. And, and you'd think Wade would do well when it's eight to 10, which he has done well out there before when it's big. But I was thrilled with that win.
1: Now you mentioned Felipe Toledo. There was some, um, hullabaloo, if you will, about Felipe Toledo, not surfing in the vans. Uh, well, the world cup, I guess at sunset beach and his, um, Decision as with a lot of people, well, not a lot, but many guys don't do the the World Cup at Sunset Beach because they are quote trying to get their boards dialed for Pipeline okay. unquote. Okay, that's that's direct from Philippe Toledo. And um, you know, look, you and I both love Philippe Toledo. We've mentioned it many times. We think he's a class act. He's a great surfer. It's exciting to. It's exciting for all of us that he's involved in the world tour and, and in the um, chase for the world title. Um, and, and on some level, I get it. It's like, look, why, why surf at sunset? Could possibly get injured. I don't surf there a whole lot anyway. Pipeline's where the world title's going to come down. I should just focus on pipe. I think if I was his coach or I was somebody in his camp that had some influence over him, I would say the same thing. Oh, I completely. think I would be like, "Dude, focus on pipeline." Totally. But the idea of getting your boards dialed for pipeline, um, I don't. You know, I, I think the boards are already dialed for pipeline. Yeah. You know, maybe it's about a matter of which board will I like the best for pipeline. Yeah. I just sort of felt like that was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was just sort of. It was bordering on not really being the reason why he didn't want to surf at sunset. In other words, it was sort of a go-to cliche. I'm going to get my boards dialed at Pipeline. Yeah. I would have much rather him just say, hey, you know what? The final events coming down, the chances of you know me winning a world title, it's all coming down to pipe. I'm just going to focus on Pipeline, right. which I guess is nitpicking. Maybe that's what he meant. You know, I'm going to get my boards dialed. That's sort of code for, yeah, I'm going to focus on Pipeline. A
0: couple, couple of days that the sunset event are running there's also going to be waves at pipe and he'd rather spend those days sorting out the lineup at pipeline including his boards you know not just his boards so
1: well i i did get into a bit of um uh social media um back and forth i won't say it was a battle but there were some guys that brought up some great points you know um basically saying what i just said hey look the guy's got a world title he's coming down to it here this is it he's he needs to focus on pipeline and i get it and i was sort of um as I started to excavate what my concern or where I was kind of having a problem with it, and it's something that each year you got you and I talk about this, and I've talked about this every year for 10 years now, by the way, celebrating our 10th year of doing this podcast uh, last week, I think, November 27th or something like that. Anyway, for about 10 years, every winter, you know, I say, gosh, um, why isn't Sunset Beach more important to the world title? In many ways, I feel like, that should be one of the hurdles that a world title that a world title contender needs to tackle to claim world champion status to be a world champion I think you need to surf sunset Beach in, a, in the competitive arena in the competitive format and I still think that I think it's it's we lessen the sport a little bit we lessen the the what the world title means if we don't. Have that champion go out there and do battle with
0: that arena, that thing that is Sunset Beach. Why do you think Sunset Beach is that important? And before you answer that, I'll just create an argument Mm -hmm. that I don't necessarily adhere to, but just let me say it. If they added it, I could see like kind of dissenting opinions saying it's a boring wave to watch, you know, in the sense that Margaret River is kind of a boring wave to watch. And so, yeah, it's challenging and it creates a lot of drama because the waves are big and people get worked. But realistically, if we had to sit through, if that's one of the ten or one of the nine events in the year, I can imagine a lot be- – waves that I'd rather watch surfed than that. I'm happy to watch it surfed on the QS level because it's not one of only nine. But if it's one of the nine, I don't know. I'd rather have something else, I think.
1: Well, a couple things. Um- it's one of those waves that if you've never surfed it, and I don't know if you have, but myself having surfed it a bunch, and I think the guys that really, um, well, I guess what I'm saying is if you've surfed it, you appreciate watching it. You get it. You, you can relate to it. You've been out there in that arena, and I don't think it conveys very well in the broadcast. The power, what's going on out there, how much water's moving around, the, the raw energy that is Sunset Beach, I don't think it is conveyed, as I just mentioned, right. in, in the production of the webcast. So I look at it like, hey, I, I had a love affair with that wave. You know, I didn't surf it that many times, but it's one of those waves where you paddle out and you're just like, wow, you know, like totally. it's just crazy, um, powerful, and and it, it's it, it's its own character. You know, it's a part of the situation. You know, it's not like a little beach break in Portugal or whatever. Yeah. So um, that's my that's my counter to you argument that it's not uh that sunset. fun of a wave to watch right and i would agree look you know what i get it but because i have some experience with it and i think a lot of other surfers have experience with sunset beach they're like wow let's watch sunset yeah and um and then what was the second part of your equation because you had another part to it that was um um oh well let me just say that sunset's a big part of our history right so yeah. you were kind of like what if it's only one of the nine or one of the ten you know um You know, Sunset Beach has been a place where surfers have tested their mettle since the beginning of surfing. I mean, that was, you know, when they were going out to the North Shore in the late 40s and the early 50s, that was the arena. That was like the one spot where everyone went, yeah, you know what, this is the first legitimate big wave, and we're going to surf out here.
0: And And so was Makaha, though, and we don't really see that anymore, and... Chopu was nowhere on the map, but that's, you know what I mean? So sure. things do change in that respect. But, I, I but Sunset
1: has always been that. Like, in fact, quite frankly, look, there were CTs at Sunset just not too long ago. right? Um, and and um, so I think it's doable, I, I, you know, from a from a WSL standpoint. Although I get it. They want, you know, there's a lot of politics there with the Hawaiian surfers and the Triple Crown. And we have to have two QSs and all of that stuff. But take all that stuff off the table, I just think it's important. I mean, if you look at like Gary Kong Elkerton, right? I think Kong won it back-to-back yeah. when it was a CT event. That's unheard of. You've got to be a pretty incredible surfer to to win it back-to-back.
0: Let me ask you this. And I just
1: think that it, it throws guys into the equation that wouldn't normally be thrown into the equation. It throws guys like Jake Patterson and, and Paul Patterson and... Gary Kong, Elkerton, and Miles Padaka, and guys that normally wouldn't be into the equation are thrown into the equation. And I just think it it adds to me, and this is just me, you know, my opinion, I think it should be on the CT. I don't know how to do that. I know there's politics and it
0: certainly adds a curveball. It adds a brand new dimension that we don't currently have on the tour. Um, let me ask you this though. If you have Uh, kind of Big Good Holly Eva or Big Good Sunset, which of those waves would you rather see on the tour? Because I feel like Holly Eva also adds a little bit of that same element that Sunset adds in terms of unruliness. It's not as unruly, but it also adds a rippableness that Sunset doesn't have. And I think that would be a decent compromise.
1: Um, to answer your question, I'd rather see big sunset Would you? than big Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. But again, this is just my personal thing. I just think there's a lot more to deal with. Although Hollywood is a lot to deal with. Don't get me wrong. When Hollywood yeah, is yeah. big, it's a nightmare. But, um, I just feel like Sunset Beach with all its history, um, it just, it's got a place in our culture and it shouldn't be, in my opinion, it's sort of diminished a little bit when, the world champions and the world title doesn't go through Sunset Beach. I think if the world title goes through Sunset Beach, it really – I think actually from a viewer standpoint, it's going to open a, – a lot of opportunities are going to – a lot of stuff is going to happen that n- normally wouldn't happen. I mean, you and I can look at Pipe and go, okay, it's coming down to Pipe. We know we can basically say who the 16 guys are going to be in the, in the quarterfinals. I totally. mean, we can get a pretty good handle on it right away. Yeah. And at Sunset, you know – you got these young guys that are gunning for a world championship, and now they have to go surf Sunset Beach, which they don't have any experience at, some of them. And a lot of them are going to lose in the first round. And now, from from you and from our standpoint, right, we're like, wow, this really shakes up the tour points. Mm -hmm. This makes going into pipe way more interesting, perhaps, although this year is already pretty interesting. But you know what I mean? like Because it throws so many wild cards out of the picture.
0: And talking about getting boards dialed, there's no other wave on tour where your boards can translate to Sunset Beach, whereas like whatever you're riding at Chopu could probably translate to Pipeline. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so, speaking of uh, Felipe Toledo and it, getting his boards ready for Pipe, people have criticized his I don't know um, courage, you know. And well, riding, that's another thing. Riding that, big waves—that's a
1: great point because I wanted to bring. That was another part of it: is the whole Chopu thing. Yeah. What, what happened at Chopu? Like, I don't think this would be a – it wouldn't even have created a a Twitter um, back and forth if there hadn't been the situation at Cloud uh,
0: At Chope's. But, you know, he can thwart those opinions by paddling out at pipe and catching waves. Like, he could thwart them by doing the sunset thing and now the critics are saying, see, he didn't catch a wave at Chope's. Now he's not paddling out at sunset. But, again, he can quell those critics – by just catching a couple waves at pipe.
1: And, you know, the interesting thing about the Chopu situation for Felipe was there was that was a weird direction of swell, and it was breaking. and It wasn't all that big, but it was breaking in such a shallow part of the reef that it was, you know, downright dangerous. He almost got the feeling that he was sort of not surfing as a way to say, hey, this is stupid. Like, this yeah. is, I, I don't agree with the commissioner's um, green light on today's event. And I, did we ever get any clarity on that?
0: Why he didn't Uh, do it? The most clarity that I got was that he injured his elbow the day before. And so he was just, he paddled out for his heat without the intention of really catching a wave. Okay. But I don't know if it was a protest to the conditions. And it's hard for him to make that argument when he's surfing against Idolo, who's getting shacked and then like smashing the end section on the dry reef. You know what I mean? So he lost that argument if that was his argument.
1: I just think all of these young CT kids or guys, you know, professional men, surfers should, um, should have to go through sunset beach. I just, I just think it's, I mean, if we're going to argue that Hawaii is the be-all, end-all, and it's where it all started, and, it, and you can't have a tour without Hawaii, and the Triple Crown's important. and I mean, if we're going to say all of these things, which we are, then how can you not have the world title driven through Sunset Beach? I think it needs to go through there. And I just feel like it just feels a little
0: dirty without it mm. happening that way. I don't disagree with you. I mean, you've made a compelling argument, and I think I am, I am going to subscribe to it. Um, this leads us perfectly into Pipe, which starts on the 8th, by the way. Like, literally one week from today, Pipe wow, starts. cool, good. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Pipe Master's prep just a little bit. The WSL's website hasn't dedicated – they've dedicated a page to it, but they haven't actually put any information up yet in terms of heat draw and um, all of the wild cards. But we do know Bruce Irons has been given a wild card into the event, and that was a pretty controversial thing. I don't know who somebody started kind of a hashtag and like a little image of him and, you know, vote for Bruce or Bruce wildcard or whatever the hashtag was. Um, and to be honest, I actually received a lot of um, anti-Bruce sentiment and a lot of emails and tweets from people who listen to the show saying, why are we still rallying for Bruce? Like Bruce has been given multiple wild wildcards. And then he just simply doesn't deliver anymore. If Bruce isn't in it, into it, then why should we be into it? And there's so many interesting young up and coming surfers from Jack Robinson to the Moniz clan to like all these people um, that would love that opportunity. And that opportunity will benefit their future campaign for the CT. Like why give it to Bruce other than the fact that Andy's name is attached to the contest and that he's done well out there in the past, but you know, the spoiler is that they ended up giving it to him after all of that. Yeah,
1: you know, interesting topic, right? Um, all the things you mentioned are 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 valid for why we shouldn't give it to Bruce, right? But I get the sense that a couple things. First, I think Bruce just signed with Ruka, so I think they were the ones sort of pushing Bruce into this as the wild card. I'm not sure who that was, but I'm th- anyway. I think it was Ruka, but. I think um, if Bruce was just sort of off the reservation, so to speak, and was just not surfing and not surfing well on the North Shore and and just kind of like, you know, maybe doing the things that he had been doing, say, the past three or four years where he was sort of mailing it in and not showing up and just sort of living on his laurels, so to speak, resting on his laurels, I should say. Um, But I get the sense that Kieran Perot, the commissioner who gave the wild card to Bruce has seen Bruce in the water and and Bruce apparently is on his a game out at pipe and um, what that means I don't know look Bruce can paddle out at pipe and probably be on his a game any day of the week whether he's into it or not I do get the sense that Bruce really this time does want to be in it like like he's gonna he's really gonna I get the sense that he that he's finally realizing this is the last shot, dude. I don't know what he's probably like thirty two years old or something.
0: Yeah, I think he would, maybe even you know like there
1: are a bunch of young kids that are nipping at his heels. He's been sort of out of the limelight, sort of forgotten, just resting on his laurels as one of the greatest surfers ever, um, one of the you know the Irons brothers, um, and I think that he's kind of going. You know what? I, I, a slap in the face here. I think this is my last chance. And I really do want to train for this. And I really do want to do this. And I sense that Kieran Perot, through the press release that was put out there, also feels this way. That, that, you know what, first of all, there's pressure on me as the commissioner to put an Irons in the Andy Irons tribute contest. Yeah. But more than that, he deserves it because he's been out there i've seen him out there he got some of the best waves of the early pipe season he's absolutely been charging and you know what he he's a past pipeline master he's a pass pipe champion i kind of get it i'm i'm at first i was like no it's you know really are we you know not, not again you know but for for whatever reason well for the reasons i just mentioned I'm sort of for Bruce getting this wild card. He's a past champion. He's put in his time and effort. and He seems sincere about it this year, as as has been proven by his efforts out there at Early Pipe Swells. And, um, oh, by the way, he's Bruce Irons. You know, like...
0: I will take the alternative argument. I think, just like your argument with Kelly Slater, you're pinning all your hopes on past performances. No, no, and no, I'm not. I'm saying
1: that he... he there seems to be a turning of the corner like he, he sort of like realizes this is his last chance. He's I don't think he's mailing it in this season. That's what I That's I'm saying.
0: what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that that's all speculation. You don't know that. You're well, saying no. Well, let me. Ba- it.
1: It's based on his performance. Let at the, me er, the early pipe swell in November. Mm-hmm. Point he,
0: out one wave that he caught. Early pipe swell in November. It's I on surfline. I haven't seen any. Well, there is. I'd I, love I, to I, see. It. Okay, I'll pull it pull up. Pull it up. I'm used because to talk. I'll pull it up. Yeah. Because honestly, I have not seen that. And I, you were making the argument that Kieran Perot probably has seen this. No, and he has. Probably, he's sitting
1: there. They're all sitting at pipe every day. This is watching.
0: speculation. You didn't hear Kieran say this. No. In, you know what I mean? No. No.
1: In the press release, there's some stuff from Kieran where he says, "I've been watching." Bruce all season he's okay. been he's been doing it you know like there is that
0: Okay. because I have not seen it and I pay attention and I watch whatever surfline puts out the wave of the winter stuff. Yeah. And they did post some stuff and it was waves from last winter so I'm not sure if maybe that's what you saw but um Bruce has not proven it to me yet. I think you're right. He's hyped on this new deal with Ruka. But by the way, the only reason this new deal with Ruka is a thing is because Fox dropped him after three years because he wasn't delivering on, you know, his obligations to them. So for me, it's too little, too late. Um, again, there's so many. You, I can name, I could rattle off 10 up and coming surfers who I'd be much more interested in. All right. Uh, Scott just found it. This is the
1: O'Neill Wave of the Winter entry from last week. Bruce Irons, November eighteenth, twenty fifteen. Just right. a month ago.
0: All right, watch him take off. First of all, that was not that sick. First of all, Wave of the Winter now has like two hundred entries every season. They allow anything in there, so Bruce gets a super standard barrel. If that was in the event right there, I would say they'd give him a six. Right? I'm just saying that that. And then this he is- caught a wave at Pipeline. That wasn't a sick. That wasn't even that great of a wave. You know what I mean? Uh, look, I'm just saying it, it, there was only so many waves that came through early season pipe.
1: Like, he got one of them and he dominated. And apparently, um, you know, he's been putting in his time. That's what this press release says. As I
0: I understand they're saying that. I'm just saying that wave did not blow my mind. Like It
1: was a standard pipe standard. wave, but you got to understand there was, you know... I, I Look, it was a barrel at pipe. It exactly. was Bruce that's all all it, was. Was. it was
0: this season. That's all it was. That's all that you need so, to do. No, because if now we're going to congratulate Bruce for doing what he should already be doing, just catching a wave at Pipeline, that's not enough. You know what I mean? Like, again, there's more important up-and-coming surfers that I would rather see in this event that we're going to see a lot more in the next 10 years. I think, again, we've given Bruce this chance a million times. He hasn't illustrated enough of what you're talking about to win my heart over. And by the way, I loved Bruce for my whole life. He's fallen out of my graces just in recent years. But another point that I'll make is, he was traveling with with uh, John John Florence. He went to West Oz to film for View from the Blue Moon. Didn't get a single clip in that section. They put some clips of him at the end of the film after the credits they did a little bruce segment i think it might have been in mexico or maybe it was karamas i, I yeah, forget you,
1: you were underwhelmed but totally underwhelmed yeah. it was
0: like and they did it after the credits just as like a thank like a kind of homage to bruce and who he is well, yeah but because the, he's john john's guy yeah you right. have to pay homage to bruce but the clips didn't deserve a place well, in the film
1: let me read you the 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 quote from yeah, yeah, yeah. from kieran perro the wsl commissioner about bruce getting the uh, wild card and so kieran says bruce and i have been talking about the possible opportunity and it's great to see him charging pipe again this season okay so read a little bit into that that they've seen him charging pipe already this season
0: i'm taking it with a grain of salt but he's always
1: been a standout at pipe okay let that pass and remains among the world's best surfers when conditions get critical out there okay With the withdrawal of Freddie P and Matt Banning, the WSL is in a position to allocate one of the replacement spots to Bruce. And we feel like he's certainly a worthy candidate given the form he's in. Okay. So I'm just saying that they're watching him. I think if he wasn't surfing, if he wasn't out there, if somebody was just like, hey, man, please put Bruce in. And Bruce was like, I don't care. But Bruce is, I think Bruce showed some humility perhaps, came to Kieran and goes, hey, man, I I really want to do this. Yeah. I think that this—I'm just saying, look, last chance. I'm with you. As soon as he falters, I'll eat crow, and I'll never—we should never see Bruce Irons again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how I felt the last three times they put him in. You know what I mean? So but I here, really
1: do feel like this is his last chance. He's, he's got—you know, he's signed with Ruka, which means he's probably going, shit, i got to kind of do my i got to pull my own weight. Well, Ruka doesn't
0: care whether Maybe he's not. in events or not. Maybe not. I, mean, I don't know. I don't so know. here's what I say. Put your money where your mouth is. Put him on your fantasy team.
1: Uh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly okay bruce you and me baby you're going on my fantasy team you better come through damn it
0: so let let me clarify also we've been saying that he gets a wild card he doesn't get a wild card he gets an injury replacement so he skips different. does he sk- no 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 that okay. doesn't change anything in the rankings or the right. it just means it's slightly different right, right right um so uh i'm going to my fantasy team right now i'm well, making would, some changes i hear you and i by the way our fantasy race between you and I is tighter than Adriano versus Mick in the title race. It really is. I'm in 72nd, you're in 73rd, and only five points separate wow, us. Wow, it's really come down nothing. to this. It
1: comes down to it this. It really
0: does. So I feel like we need like a massive wager for like winner takes all. Okay. Like, I'm willing. You could think about it, whatever that wager You've should be. You've
1: never paid me off in any of the wagers that I've won from you.
0: You've never, we've never wagered. We The only wagers we've made is the ten dollars to the fantasy pool, which neither of us has won, and a listener gets every time you were supposed to buy me a cup of coffee, yeah, right or something yeah, right I'm just saying no, so but I'm down, okay, if, like because it's come down to this, literally five points separate us, that's okay. nothing I don't think the listeners give a crap too much about this, but they do because there's two hundred and eighty of them that are also playing against us, huh. and we're in seventy second and seventy third which means
1: all two hundred and eighty of you are going down
0: yeah. <laughs> So what's the wager? I don't know. Think about it. Um, Do, I mean, you don't have to figure it out right now. Well, but, it'd be fun to have it before the end of the show, so yeah. everyone knows what it is. All Should right, it be well, monetary? I mean,
1: yeah, yes. I mean,
0: unless you could think of something else. I mean, hundred bucks. I was thinking a hundred bucks. Risky. It's a hundred bucks, bucks. bucks and hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. And I have 10, to have so? Bruce on my team. <laughs> <laughs> You're you just spent twenty minutes advocating for Bruce.
1: <laughs> no, I advocated that he should be allowed in. I didn't advocate for him
0: to be on my team. You were singing his praises. Look at this wave
1: at pipeline.
0: I am six, I'm six still point singing ride, I'm still dude.
1: singing his praises. I'm just saying, dude, how many times has he won? Do you know how old he was when he won pipe?
0: Eighteen. Seventeen. Oh, okay. Was that the HIC, though? Um, it might have been the Pipe Masters. I, Here, think, okay.
1: I think he won the Pipe Masters when he was let like me do, an amateur. Let, <laughs> me do a,
0: let me do a slight detour. We're talking about Wave of the Winner and like, oh, he got a Wave of the Winner entry. I'm kind of angry about the Wave of the Winner. It's but, underwhelming, right? It, well, here's the deal. There's no vetting process for the waves that they allow into the contest. Everybody submits, and they just call it Wave of the Winner. And then it gets narrowed down into like the top ten and then the top five, and then somebody wins. So that's the vetting process. Are you saying that I can submit a Wave you, of the
1: Winner? You could. From here, from California? like no, On a longboard? I don't board?
0: think it can be here. No. But it's kind of like they just put every wave that somebody gets on video into this contest, which, again, it wastes my time. Like I want you guys to sift through the bull crap. So that I could just watch the good stuff.
1: Let know? me read some of the comments about Bruce getting this injury replacement. Yeah. Um, these are from Surfline's um, comment, section. comment section. Thank you, David. Um, this guy says, and he doesn't have a name, Mr. BBBKKK. He says, really, Bruce? The dude won the contest 15 years ago. I think Clinton was still in office. Bruce hasn't won a CT heat in 10 years. Sure, he rips, but give it to one of the trials guys, someone who actually earned the right. Next, we'll see Johnny Boy or Barton Lynch out there. How much easier do we make it for the top seeds? I'd rather see the commish himself come out of retirement. At least he won
0: pipe and got second in the last five years. That's a great idea. I'd way rather see Kieran out there. And I don't even like Kieran, but I like him at pipe. Um,
1: Another guy writes... Hell yeah, one of the pipe's best, going against the best. Hope he's in the
0: finals. Go, Bruce. How come that was comment was made by Scott Bass? That's, that's, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> if it's firing, Bruce will be a great
1: addition, says one. Um, Now, here's... This is probably the only thing that WSL has got right all year, says another.
0: Nah, I disagree with that. Um, Here's my other thought about Bruce. Like, yeah, he surfs pipe good, and he has in the past or whatever, and he's won. He's not a competitor. You put him out there against any—I mean, anybody who has a little bit of competitive prowess on the CT. Kai Otten, from from Kai Otten up to Gabriel, and they'll smash him. You know what I mean? Like he, Bruce is liable to get a ten. He's also liable to not catch a wave. So I guess
1: the question is, if he fails, if he doesn't get out of his first heat or gets pushed to round three or whatever. Let's say he doesn't get you know past his first first round heat. doesn't get out of round two. Um, At this point, can we... Do we all just... Even those that are saying this is the greatest thing ever, we're honoring Andy Irons with Bruce's, um, you know, being in the event. Does all of this get put to rest finally?
0: Yes, please. Is there
1: no more Bruce Irons talk? Can everyone agree that it's over as far as the Pipeline Masters and Bruce? Or if he does well... And what does that mean? How, how well does he have to do? Do we continue to, you know what? Bruce is one of the best ever at Pipeline.
0: That'll, no. I mean, yes, I will open the door to that possibility, but then he has to deliver for the next 12 months through the web clips and other things and showing interest in surfing in general. And then maybe I'll consider it for next year.
1: Look, those that have listened to the show for years, all three of you, <laughs> um, know that I've I've always thought that the pipeline Masters should be like the master's golf tournament where in the master's golf tournament if you have won the event you're invited back every year no matter what yeah. until you you're the only one that decides that you don't want to do it yeah and think about that who would be in it still Rob Machado he can still surf pipe insane totally Jamie O'Brien
0: yeah
1: um, the commish Yep. Kieran Perro. Yep. And I just think it's a neat way. And I think, you know, I I don't know as far as the format, how long that's, if it's going to add days to the event or whatever. But um, if that was the case, certainly Bruce Irons would be, would be invited. I mean, how far back would you go? You could certainly Tom Carroll, you know, um, Barton Lynch.
0: Yeah. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply well i um i appreciated the uh the tweet we got when it was advertised or released that bruce signed with ruka got a tweet from at todd brooks saying will we see a comeback or a creative arts project you know which i thought it's true like ruka's whole thing is kind of Sponsoring um, guys who have interests outside of surfing. Danny Fuller with photography. What's
1: and- Bruce's creative outlet? He's fi- he's fishes. He goes fishing. He's a fisherman. That's what he does.
0: That's all. Like, I was thinking he- racing RC cars or helicopters. <laughs> That's Mason Ho's gig. Well, the RC cars are Mason's, but the helicopters are Bruce's. He takes <laughs> he takes to the air. So,
1: so like, do we put little pots of paint on the helicopters, and he will like oh splatter paint, splatter paint? I the, like it. The, the palette style, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'm interested to see because I don't think to answer at Todd Brooks' question, we're not going to see a comeback, in my opinion. You know, and if anything, this Ruca deal is an indicator we're not going to see a comeback. This is him resigning to the fact that he is going to just go Matt Archibald and like Christian Fletcher and just do you know just be himself. Just be himself. Just be himself. Exactly. Just be
1: yourself, and we'll pay you this amount, and we're going to use you in our ad campaign.
0: Totally, which yeah. I think is a great fit, by the way. Yeah. I really do. I'm I'm glad for that deal yeah. because I do want to see Bruce. I want to see him surf, you know, but I want him to care about surfing. Yeah. So that was like 30 minutes on Bruce. Dude, I, know. I, didn't, <laughs> I
1: didn't even have that plan.
0: Yeah, me neither. Well, kind of did. But.
1: Um, did you hear about these missing Australian surfers in Mexico? Very sad situation.
0: <sighs> totally, dude. I don't even. Yeah.
1: Dean Lucas, Adam Coleman, they're traveling in their van towards Guadalajara. They failed to arrive at their destination on November 21st, as planned. And later on, um, people found, some Mexicans or whoever, found their van burnt out, completely burnt, cindered, with bodies inside, charred, unrecognizable. And um, it appears, at least, and we don't have official confirmation, and in fact, they are doing DNA tests in Mexico City, um, trying to determine if those two charred bodies are in fact, uh, Dean Lucas and Adam Coleman, but it appears as if that's the case. And, um, this is pretty crazy. I mean, uh, wrong place, wrong time. You know, two surfers on a surf trip, they had taken the ferry over from Cabo, were driving the mainland in a van like many, 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 many surfers have done and will continue to do. And, uh, just wrong place, wrong time. No one really knows what's happened here, you know. But it appears that this is a drug cart- cartel area. And um, and that's sort of all we know. And it's just a very sad situation. Fun-loving surfers just fried in their van.
0: From Australia, right? Western Australia. From Western no. Australia. I, I think their parents are flying out to, like, try to identify the bodies or whatever. But um, – yeah, they were in the state of Sinaloa, which is the only time you hear about Sinaloa is in drug cartel-related news, Documentaries. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty horrifying place. Yeah. Um, not to jump ahead in the show, but Mexico is my kook of the week for this story. Okay. Because we, living in Southern California, all have awesome memories of Mexico. Like, my, my family used to have a place down there, a house, and... I spent time going there as a kid. Literally every month we'd go to Mexico for at least one week in a month, surf down there all the time, and it was awesome. You know, it was it was such good memories and such a big part of my life. And then in my late teens, kind of early 20s, had to just stop going because Mike Parsons and people who are much more well traveled than I we're getting held up at gunpoint and getting their wave runner stolen, and people are getting decapitated in the news. And it just kind of got to the point where it's just not worth the risk. And it's all, I mean, arguably, it's all drug related, crime related, a lot of corruption in the government, obviously. Like it's all well documented. And it's an absolute shame.
1: Well, my kook of the week, since we are jumping ahead, uh, my kook of the week is drug users in North America. Um, no matter if you're smoking marijuana or using cocaine or, or methamphetamine or ecstasy, we are the ones creating a demand. And this ruthless, um, moral unprincipled drug cartel simply filling the supply um, and killing people along the way. So my kook is all of those of us out there that are using drugs right now um, we are as much of the problem, if not the root of the problem. And if we're going to solve the problem, we got to get to the root of the problem. If there was no demand for these drugs, there would be no drug cartel.
0: Interesting how our two kooks dovetailed right together without ever even planning that. And I actually did I see plan it. this. I see it. It's on Scott's <laughs> notes that are already printed, so he didn't just like come up with that. No, But I like it. No, you're absolutely right.
1: Sad situation, and I know there's a GoFundMe page if you want to help pay for the cost of flying the parents out to Mexico to retrieve – well, again, we don't know if it's them. Everyone's sort of hoping for miracle upon miracle that somehow they show up, and these two charred bodies are just two other sad people. And
0: is it even identified as their van? Because what I saw, it was a similar van is what the news report said. I mean – it's very likely their van, but I don't know that they had full identification.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty much, everything's lining up that it is them and it is their van because they're still missing. There's no van anywhere. They haven't reached out to any of their loved ones, and they were supposed to be in Guadalajara on the 21st. And, you know, it's now 10 days later. There's been no communication. It's all kind of like, it's this is them. But right. you're right, there is no confirmation on this day, Tuesday, the 1st of December.
0: As reporters, you and I just need to make sure that right. we don't lead thank anybody you. down the wrong exactly.
1: path. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, my Northwestern degree would be... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shamed? Yes, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I there's a couple of other... Not to spend the entire show talking about contest-related conversations. The Target Maui Pro ran a full day of competition, and... Um, I, I don't know. Did you watch it at all? I actually action? did. Okay. I've got some stuff to say about it. The girls are ripping, dude. They well, really are.
1: Here's what I want to tell you about the Target Maui Pro. Honolulu Bay is an insane wave. You would look really good out there surfing it. Anyone looks good. That's such a good wave.
0: Already bashing the women, dude. The first sentence no. out of your mouth. No, I'm just saying... What I'm saying is that
1: it's a perfect wave for... The, it's a perfect venue for women surfing. It's really a good venue. They look great out there. I agree. They really do. And, and I actually enjoyed watching it, you know? like yeah. I was stoked for the women. That wave makes you surf good. It's yeah. such a good wave. Yeah. Now, I happened to pull up in the heat analyzer, round one, heat one. And um, let me get my notes here. I was... set. I don't know if you saw this heat... But it was Tatiana Weston-Webb versus Tyler Wright. This is round one, heat one. Very first wave of the event, Tatiana does this bottom turn, really big top carve, then another one just as good, then another one, three really good turns, all very similar, then a weightless floater, and she gets an 8.17. Tyler Wright then catches a bigger wave, sort of just cruises through the first section, doesn't really do anything. She looks like she was sort of trying to find the tube from the takeoff, And the wave is just so perfect. She's just kind of standing there, and it just, you know, it is what it is. She's not doing anything on it, but you could almost argue that it was, it was sort of beautiful that she wasn't, because the wave was just roping. And then she sets up for an insane backdoor barrel where she was covered. She went through the backdoor section, super deep, came out, did that like layback gouge thing that Tyler does, that drop wallet thing. Yeah. Which is sort of hideous. I actually do that move and it doesn't look that good. Feels good. Feels good. And then she did another top turn. And in my mind, and by the way, she was scored less than Tatiana. She was scored a 733, Tatiana an 8.17. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I just turned this thing on. I just saw a girl get the most insane wave and she got incredibly barreled and did a couple of killer turns. And I think any surfer on any day of the week... On that cliff, looking down on those two waves, would have went. God, that first girl was ripping, but God, did you see the barrel that second girl got? Yeah. And of course, the judges didn't see it that way, and I was I was immediately sort of like put off on yeah. the subjective nature of our sport. Like, yeah. in the real world, getting tubed is the best thing. I'm sorry, that's what we do. Like, if that's the that's the like holy grail is getting tubed, and she got an insane backdoor driver, right, and did a couple turns, whatever, right. And I'm not taking anything away from Tatiana's surfing. She ripped it. Of course. She probably would have been better off grabbing rail and just pulling in through the barrel. She could have got tube too, but instead she was out in front of it.
0: It's a tough barrel to ride backhand.
1: Even you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so she she didn't do what she should have done is what I'm getting from that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I was a little put off by that. And right. I just think most surfers are like, really? This yeah. chick just got insanely tubed at Honolulu Bay, and she doesn't score as high as three turns? Right. Which, by the way... At that wave, all you got to do is stand there. It basically makes you do turns, you
0: know? Well, the thing that I do like about uh, that wave and your analysis of Tyler's wave is that there's a rhythm and a pacing to that wave that you kind of have to be in sync with. I totally
1: agree with that. And really, in many ways, it shows... Who the good? What? Which girls have the really good style? The style where they're like, hold on for a second, let the wave dictate the dance.
0: Style, but also intuition and being and pacing. Able, right, pacing is what it yeah. is. And so I and thought, Strider
1: used that word pacing a did lot. Did he? Yeah.
0: I I thought. Um. I think it was Martin Potter maybe made the comment talking about Carissa Moore versus Courtney Conlog. It's a world title race. Um. Courtney lost her non-elimination round. Right. So she's her back's against the wall and she needs to win this next heat. Yeah, She needs she, to win outright. She needs to place higher than Carissa in the event to win the world title. Oh, basically. I thought she had
1: to win the competition and more has to lose in her next it, quarterfinal heat. Yes, you right. What, that's At, what I've got. You
0: do. Yeah, you're right. At this point in the event, that's exactly what needs to happen. Um, and then it might go to a st- surf-off based on... But you're right. Martin Potter was talking about... So Potter said like, look, Courtney is trying to rip the wave. Courtney's doing Courtney on Honolulu, and that's going to be her downfall. Whereas Carissa is allowing Honolulu to dictate terms and then placing turns correctly where they need to be placed. In if, other words, good surfing. If Courtney keeps her foot on the gas pedal, she's not going to win. Like she's going to lose the event. You know. And I thought that and truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. Like, like Courtney's an unbelievable surfer. She'll do gnarly turns out there. But she needs to let the wave kind of do its thing, take the foot off the gas, and then do her thing. You know?
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's great analysis by you and by Martin Potter, and and that's exactly it. And and the one thing I will say is that because this wave is so incredible, such a great competitive arena that you really see Carissa Moore. There, this is where you really see the top surfers uh, amongst the women stand out and shine, even if they don't win the event. You can just look at the surfing and go. Okay, that girl is a great surfer. And these other 20, okay, they're just B-level and- surfers, I'm telling you. And by the way, what you see from Carissa is is a combination of power and style and, and intuition and understanding of how to surf. And... I can appreciate it and you can appreciate it and everybody can appreciate it because good surfing is good surfing is good surfing. And I'm sorry, some of these women, they're just not that good. I mean, yeah, they go out and they do the turns and you're always bashing on me. For me, bashing on women, I'm not bashing on women. I'm bashing on bad surfing.
0: Yeah. But that applies on the men's side of the draw, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yeah. But I I would argue that what you're saying is true, and Carissa, to be honest, is really the only one. She's I think incredible. Steph- she Stephanie looks like Gilmore a, would be the other one. I've got that, her down there that too. I would want to see out there, and we've and seen her. Lisa Anderson,
1: there. you know, there are women surfers that
0: that are great. But among what we're talking about, with that intuition and the grace and the flow. Like Carissa stands head and shoulders above oh my God. the other draw. So out much there. better. It's so it's much better. Really, really, really I a just thing say baby. give her
1: the title right now. She looks like Simon Anderson and Richard Cram, and like that power carve turn that she does out there and at other places, but especially at Honolulu Bay, it's just it's it's flawless. It's 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 a very she's just the best surfer by far. Like in my she mind, really is, it's like yeah. it's a no brainer.
0: Absolutely. However, although
1: Steph's not in the event, Steph
0: Steph's and, right there with her. Yeah, you, she is. In her own And Lisa way.
1: Anderson is too. I know she's not on tour. I know she's 40 or whatever, but Lisa's got that Lisa same, has
0: some of that, but not to the same level of expertise. Maybe not the
1: performance yeah. quality. And so, the
0: power. Like, Carissa has the power. She really does. But it, a lot of her power comes from timing. You know what I mean? She's just, she's got it all. She's got good style and power, and, and she just, she's got it. Now, here's my only thought in spite of all of those things is i still want courtney to win like courtney i love courtney's tenacity we're from the same area like i see her surf i've seen her surf all the time growing up i'm just rooting for her because she's a hard worker and i love her and chris has got a couple world titles she'll have more this is courtney's time courtney needs to steal it
1: i want (laughs) the underdog (laughs) dude i'm gonna be watching golf i want the underdog (laughs) are you kidding me (laughs) I'm going to be watching the Women's Asian Collegiate Championship out of Bangkok. You should Bangkok. be
0: ashamed. You're out not of, a true surf fan. Out of Bangkok. Hey, we got an email from somebody who is like, Scott opens the show with a yeah guy. David needs to open the show with a yeah girl. <laughs> yeah gal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my. Well, other news in Hawaii. Um, and it, by the way, they, there's a lay day today at the Target Maui Pro in Honolulu. you. I'm going to watch it. I'm excited about this event. I'm truly, I'm inspired by watching Courtney and the the wave itself. The wave is just so awesome to watch. Yeah, it really is. Um, Other news in Hawaii. Today, the Quicksilver, the Eddie Icau Quicksilver event, I think it's called the Quicksilver in Memory of Eddie Icau. That's opening ceremonies today at the beach park there at Waimea Bay. So um, that's all happening, a big day on the North Shore of Oahu.
0: Uh, Final note that I have in regard to surf contests in the WSL is North Point has been added as an alternate location uh, for the Margaret River event. And we, we complained about this this past year because while the Margaret River event was exciting and the waves were pumping at main break and they were pumping at the box, North Point was clearly the best spot in proximity. And we saw all the free surf footage with guys just getting absolutely shacked. And so this year that's been added as an alternative venue. So we're excited about that.
1: Cool. Um, Surf Aid International. Yes. They, um, every year they do this uh, Surf Aid Cup at Malibu. Yep. And it's a way to raise money for their um, mother-child health initiative, which I'm a big fan of. And by the way, full disclosure, I'm on the board of directors uh, with Surf Aid. You've
0: had Dave Jenkins on the show.
1: Yes, and um, I, I was just asked to be on the board a couple of weeks ago, and I've agreed to be on the board. So
0: Congratulations. I'm
1: bringing this up because um, it's my duty, and I'm proud to do it. Um, Surfade is going to uh, do another uh, iteration of the SurfAid Cup. But this year, uh, not only at Malibu will we be doing it, but we'll also be doing it at the uh, Log Jam which is in the springtime up at Pleasure Point, I believe, in Santa Cruz. So there will be um, – what each team will try to raise $5,000, and then the team that raises the most money gets to pick the pro of their choice to lead their team to victory. And it's just a fun way to raise money. And um, a lot of the pros, like Strider, will probably be there. A lot of the pros in Santa Cruz will probably be behind this. And um, the Log Jam, the Surf Aid Cup at the um, – at the Log Jam there in the springtime at Pleasure Point.
0: So the Log Jam's already a pre-existing event, and yeah. you guys are just partnering up with them?
1: Exactly. Yeah, the Log Jam's been going on for a long time. It's, it's old boards. Like, you get old cruiser longboards out, and you have a contest. And it's the Big Stick Surfing Association. I should mention them. They're a big part of this. Big Stick Surfing Association. They put on the Log Jam every year, and they've teamed up with us, Surfade International, to uh, raise money through the Surfade Cup at the Log Jam.
0: Awesome. Sounds awesome. I have um in Surf kind of business story. Surf stitch buys Surf Hardware International for twenty three point seven million dollars. Not that much money. I
1: saw that number and I kind of went Really? Yeah, that's a ten times what is the multiple on that? Like if you buy a company for twenty three, let's say it's a let's say it's a seven year multiple that's 3 million dollars a year? They're they're only making 3 million dollars a year? Maybe netting 3 mil? Well, it's probably EBITDA, right, which is after tax. It's a there's a weird yeah, so um, um, equation for it, but
0: Surf Hardware International is a company three that 3 million owns... isn't
1: doesn't seem that although for hardware, for hard goods, maybe that's a good number. I don't
0: know. I don't know. They own um FCS Gorilla Grip, and I think maybe one or two other brands. Um, But yeah, that that number number didn't throw me at all. I thought that sounded like actually a fair number. I'm sure it is.
1: I'm sure it's fair. I just—I just figure, you know, when surf companies get purchased, you know, or you you know, I was just—I was thinking it was going to be more like
0: 200 million, not 23 million.
1: Two hundred million? Yeah, but they do it over ten years. That's, I get it. That's twenty million a year. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm... twenty
0: million a year—that'd be a lot of revenue. I for guess. yes You yeah, know maybe, what I mean? Like, maybe I'm off. They're only
1: selling to surfers. Yeah, like, and it's hard because the margins aren't that much.
0: So no. Uh, but I mean, this is a conversation about Surf Stitch. Like Surf Stitch is taking over the world. I think pretty much, and. Do they own Magic Seaweed? They own Magic Seaweed. They bought Stab last year, right? Um, and they paid cash. What I saw in their press release, they paid the twenty-three mil cash for this deal. Nice um, up front. So where do they have all this capital from? And then secondly, in the U.S., we're not influenced by Surf Stitch really. Like no. it's it's a European thing and no. maybe Australian as well. Obviously, no. and so I have a feeling like a lot of our listeners are very well aware and probably shop on Surf Stitch. For me and my awareness here in Southern California, it's kind of like, wow, the surfing world is much greater than I really recognize it to be. Like, So they own two, at least two
1: distribution channels, Stab and Magic Seaweed, and now they own FCS, so they're going to be pushing the crap out of FCS products through those distribution channels. I mean, it makes sense, right? You you buy a way to market your product, and then you buy a product, and you market the crap out of it through yeah. those channels.
0: Yeah, and they have the retail the online e-commerce retail setup yeah with no
1: brick and mortar overhead
0: it's just yeah i know makes sense those guys are smart they are stitch i love you guys where's all like it's just (laughs) like when i see the numbers i'm always shocked like where is the capital coming from and how much are they really doing in sales and like it's overwhelming because just again because it's not in my wheelhouse I've never bought anything on the
1: Well, it could be a thing where Surf Stitch now is shopping themselves around. They're like, Maybe. which investor group wants to buy? You know, venture capital group wants to buy us, and who knows?
0: Yeah, interesting, worth mentioning.
1: What else you got? Um, I have musty moments. Yeah. Oh no, I've got this. Oh yeah, I do. I have musty moments. So okay, uh, I've got quite a few of them actually. I don't know. Fair enough last last time we spoke, you were river surfing, yes online, I saw just randomly I was scouring around and there's this um r- the uh Severne boar,
0: oh yeah, in Germany,
1: yeah yeah, and there's um video of these stormtroopers from the Star Wars episode seven, which was filmed right near there, so there's this video of. Star Wars Stormtroopers. And I know there's a lot of Star Wars geeks out there. David, you're probably a Star Wars geek, aren't you?
0: Probably not. No? No. no.
1: Had you pinned for one of those guys that like wore the Stormtroopers outfit around and stuff?
0: I know. Sorry to disappoint.
1: Yeah. You <laughs> have. Anyway, there's these Stormtroopers. Uh, I know J.P. St. Pierre, my friend at Surfy Surfy, is a big Star Wars geek. So video of Stormtroopers riding the Boar, the Severn Boar. Where the film was created. So
0: they're in the full regalia riding the wave?
1: Stormtrooper regalia riding the wave as Stormtroopers. Star Wars. I did not see that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Are they ripping?
1: Um, They're going straight. They're going straight and they're just trying to stay with the boar.
0: If there was. There's nothing more
1: boring than watching boar surfing.
0: Well done, Scott Bass. Quite the wordsmith. So (laughs) if there was a Stormtroop World Championship. Those guys are probably the best surfer. Like yes. number one,
1: they are the, the yes, they are the Kelly Slater of of stormtroop surfing. Yes, totally, exactly,
0: <laughs> amazing. Well, must see, huh? Well, I've got three
1: actually. My must see is Mason Ho in the Portuguese cave hunting. Have you seen this? It's a new Rip Curl.
0: No, um, basically, it's, I don't think so.
1: Rip Curl's putting out this uh, video of Mason Ho ripping in Portugal. And he's just getting these sick shacks, and it's just Mason Ho, and David and I love Mason Ho. Anything Mason Ho's killer. It's a, you know, they're kind of like showing off their new full suit, Rip Curl, but it's just Mason Ho ripping, getting barrels, doing full, there's one, the very first rotation is quite possibly the, the, the cleanest rotation where he just, it looks spot on, spotless.
0: Is it at the cave? Um, I'll pull it up Because you show said it cave to. hunting. Is it's it- called it's
1: called Portuguese cave hunting. Is it like and a- he's he's sitting in a cave? Oh, okay. And then he comes out and he just gets barreled and they're all over
0: the place. It's but- not like a big barreling right on like a shallow ledge. Um I'll show it to you. Okay. It's more like sand bottom. Okay, then yeah, it's probably not the spot. Well, by the way, speaking of wild cards into the pipe event, I would love to have Mason. Like Why I- isn't he? Maybe he-, he will be. I'm not sure. Got maybe him. he will be, but I think, you know, talking about push Bruce aside, Mason is not a pipe master, but arguably surfs pipe as well as, like, he would be one of my picks for sure.
1: Okay, we're watching the Mason Ho video uh, in Portugal. It's a rip curl flash bomb deal. Oh,
0: watch, yeah. This watch this rotation. Have you seen just this? Just like a beach break. No, I haven't seen this, but it's not at the cave.
1: Look how classic he's... Okay, so Mason pulls into an insane sandbar shack, gets spit out. Jeez. And I think the next wave is this rotation I'm talking about right here.
0: Crazy. That was pretty clean and pretty stylish. Full-rote into the flats. Um, By the way, how good is Portugal?
1: Killer. I was thinking about you when I was watching this. I know you were just there. So rad. And you can tell it's a fun spot. Yeah, Mace ribs. It looks like California. We love Mace. So... That's my musty moment. Um, Let's start hashtag
0: Mason into Pipeline, dude. Let's do it.
1: Right now, all you listeners, what's the hashtag? Hashtag Uh, Mason Ho. Come on. uh, No, no. (laughs) Mason Ho. Hashtag. Hashtag. Pipe Ho.
0: No? I don't know.
1: (laughs) We got to put the pressure on with this hashtag. It's what's it going to be?
0: I don't know, dude. We we're we stumbling. Whenever we, we try yeah. to come up with something on the fly, we're so bad. I
1: stumble enough as it is. I can't. My brain is just in reverse right now. Yeah. Okay. Hashtag Mason Ho wildcard Pipe. It's too big. Too long.
0: Mason for pipe or uh, pipe? Damn. I don't know, dude. <laughs> anyway, How about
1: this hashtag Mason Ho should be in the Pipeline Masters. Come on, Billabong, pull your head out. And then
0: kick Bruce off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, somebody come up with one.
0: All right. My musty moment. moment. Um, Jack Robinson in North Point, Narlou, and Chopu. Um, I don't feel like this video has gotten very much play at all. It came out about a week ago. And I am just a bigger and bigger Jack Robinson fan every time I see him. And then he surfed in um, the events in Hawaii recently. And it's just like... He's so radical. I, he reminds me of Andy a lot. His style, his haircut, his um, Billabong sticker on a surfboard. He's riding Eric Arakawa's now while he's in Pipe or while he's in Hawaii, and um, he just surfs so freaking rad. But this video is from Western Australia, yeah, and he's absolutely shredding. Cool. So I'm a huge fan. Must see moment. Jack Robinson's video. I forget the name of it, but I'll post it. SurfSplendorPodcast.com.
1: Um, my Duke Kahanamoku is. Um,
0: let me find it. I actually have it written down. I'm... How unusual for you to even have one! I'm just thrilled. Whether it's on, you know, you have to stumble through your notes to find it or not, <laughs> I'm just thrilled that you have one, Prince Harry not i did not see that coming prince harry is my duke
1: kahanamoka prince harry was in south africa in part supporting the young people involved in the surfers not street children project yeah on a durban beach so this um this project surfers not street children empowers former street children of Durban as they move towards adulthood. As you know, I'm involved in the uh, Boys to Men program here, mentoring program here in San Diego. So this really struck a chord with me. Uh, This initiative aims to develop the young surfers into independent and successful young people and ambassadors that will inspire other children. And Prince Harry was there supporting and talking to the kids. So Prince Harry of uh, the United Kingdom, my Duke Kahanamoku.
0: Good call. I feel like that's a project that I've seen Jordy Smith involved with in the past, actually. Possibly. Like the name is very familiar to me. Possibly, that's awesome. Um, my Duke actually goes to Chief uh, Druku the leader of Fiji's Tavarua Island, who passed away this past week. He was 63 years old, leaves behind five children, 14 grandchildren. Druku was instrumental in Tavarua's transformation from a sleepy island to a premier surf destination, reportedly embracing resort founder Dave Clark's idea in the early 80s. Not only did Chief uh, Druku welcome the WSL and their athletes with open arms every year, but he was also a pioneer of surfing in Fiji, becoming one of the first Fijian surfers, uh, first, Fijians to learn how to surf. So, um, I've heard nothing but praise about Druku, not only in the last couple weeks as he's, you know, fallen ill and uh, passed away, but for years leading up to this. It's just like everybody loves Druku for uh, his aloha spirit, you know, which is why he is my Duke of the Week. Good choice.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram and Kelly Slater shaped this surfboard. If you go into Kelly Slater's Instagram, it's a really cool looking board. It's sort of got these like um, beveled rails and take a peek at this. But the, what's cool about this is that Kelly, um, showing true class, um, you know, talks about spending hours upon hours shaping this board in his brother, Shaping Bay. and goes on to mention some of his mentors um, in regards to shaping. And, of course, Matt Keckley, Al Merrick, Maurice Cole, Surfboards, Simon Anderson, uh, George Greeno, Daniel Thompson, Mark Thompson, Ben Ipa, Dick Brewer, Wayne Rich, Mark Richards, surfboards, Jerry Lopez, Pat Ross, and Spider Murphy. He, it's a cool looking board, and I just think it's neat that Kelly has the class. One of the first boards he's ever shaped by hand that he's that he's showing the, the world. Yeah, it's got the dimensions and everything. But he's he's you know basically giving a shout out to all the people that were going through his mind uh, as he spent one long evening you know, from like 10 at night to two in the morning shaping this board. And, uh, it's pretty cool that, you know, he sat there and ruminated on it and, and came up with this board and mentioned all of these guys. And it's kind of a neat looking craft, quite frankly. And he does, it's got this really crazy beveled rail, which, and he does go on, as I mentioned, to kind of give credit to Ben Ipa and Brad Gerlock for that beveled rail. And I remember those beveled rails and uh, I've had boards with them. And you know what? There's, there's, uh, there's some, uh, common sense there i mean the beveled rail is a cool thing Stuart had the beveled rail longboard for a long time and of course ben ipa and
0: um, i've seen Rob you know boards like that too lately
1: machado yeah yeah and um the other guy that did the beveled rail for a long time was um who's the bonzer guy will jobson had a beveled rail and uh anyway beveled rail is it's a cool concept and it's definitely
0: legit and this is a cool board he calls it the um knuckle sandwich knuckle
1: sandwich, yeah. yeah,
0: and interestingly, the dimensions five four by fourteen and a half by nineteen by fourteen and a half um so rel- i mean that's a small board. I don't know what the volume is it looks like it's got a little bit of beef on it, but um cool I'd love yeah it's cool interesting board. yeah weird looking yeah.
1: Well, you know Kelly Slater's Instagrams. It's worth following if you don't follow it. Every, oh gosh, every, it's the best. Yeah, it is the best. Like, there's some like look at this latest one. What's this all about? <laughs> Kelly Slater is in a Power Ranger suit. So uh, yeah,
0: for superhero night last night, um, looks like some charity. Oh, event they're they're or something.
1: in Tavarua partying it up. Oh uh, okay, that's where Kelly Slater is. He's not on the North Shore. He's in Tavarua scoring,
0: which you got to admire. He's there for Druku's funeral. Oh cool. Um, but. What is that in loving memory of Scion? Scion. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, what I love about social media, by the way, it doesn't even need to be stated because we all love it for the same reason, is that we've gotten to know Kelly Slater so much more intimately through his Instagram feed than any of the magazines ever gave us before or than any surf video or anything ever gave us insight into. Yeah, It's like this is like – you know,
1: this guy just continues to be the uh, the class act of the class acts. I mean, there are many great surfers, and many great surfers that are class acts, and Kelly's both. And uh, it's pretty. Look, everyone has their faults and their flaws. I'm not saying he's perfect, but it's certainly inspirational to know that he's out there um, for young kids to look up to,
0: and kind of the king of not only surfing but of social media in a sense. Like where I feel like maybe Alana Blanchard's social media thing is completely curated to sell bikinis, basically. Kelly's feels like an insight into his life. and I feel you know, like the, his buddy. You know?
1: the, the sort of the paradox there or the irony there is that I think Kelly's, Kelly can sell more product because the content is so good relative to, okay, another bikini, we get it. Like how many bikinis from Alana Blanchard does my daughter need to see before she's kind of over that concept? Yeah. Like you need to kind of come out of the content square and do some stuff outside the
0: box. I agree. And Kelly does it. We all feel like Kelly's friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll, that's a good point. He makes you feel like one of his friends and that's that's a, you know that's a that's the power and you're doing it right. Yep. If you're doing your social media in that way.
0: I'll have what he's having. All right, well, that's all we got. Um correct? That's all we got. And uh the Bilbong Pipe Master starts next week. We're going to record the following week. So the event may have run by then and we'll be able to recap it if you're interested in playing fantasy going into pipeline get your wager in and your team set now
1: okay we've got a hundred dollar wager
0: yes is that official
1: that's official we have a hundred dollar wager
0: winner takes all
1: winner takes the hundred dollars
0: winner of this event or overall winner
1: Uh, i guess it's overall winner right because you were going off the points i'm
0: five points ahead so you're giving up five points by
1: okay well then I i get to win more
0: okay perfect no actually no I think that's the way to do it, though. Overall winner. Five points is negligible. What if it's a five? <laughs> if it's, Wait a minute. What if it's a five-point difference? I'll give you five extra bucks.
1: <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm, I'm at a loss.
0: Okay. So uh,
1: it's
0: $100. Let's just go for this event, then. 100 bucks, whoever wins this event. Because
1: basically, we're tied now. Basically. Let's just call it we're tied, so we're going to go off of this event only. Can you do that? Sure. Okay. This, this event, is a side bet. Well, this is basically look, we're tied, and so this is going to decide the year.
0: Exactly. Okay. 100, 100 bucks, bucks, winner takes all. Nice. All right, it's on. But so, we're still playing in the main pool for 10 bucks with everybody else. Yeah, so. we want
1: you to send in your 10 bucks to David's uh, account.
0: Yeah, PayPal account. Go on surfsplendorpodcast.com, um and then there's a fantasy surfer tab that explains how to contribute and to play in our clubhouse okay so
1: uh, until next time uh, let's see my Twitter is let <laughs> has to look at the computer it's at boardroom surf boardroom surf and my Instagram boardroom show
0: was boardroom show already taken on Twitter yeah was boardroom surf taken on Instagram yeah no no way dude. <laughs> You just forgot what your Twitter handle was, and so when you created your Instagram, you started new. I know exactly what happened. It's, you couldn't be bothered to open a new tab and see what the Twitter no, one was. It's way
1: more involved than that. Not it, at it, all. It involves other companies that I sold my company to that owned Instagram accounts that I couldn't have access to.
0: I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyway, uh, at Surf Splendor is mine, David's, which is as simple as it gets. Splendor E-R no oh you are oh you are
1: E r o r. whatever yeah anyway uh yeah okay and right. don't forget to check out my new website which is going live in a couple of days
0: Well you keep pitching it dude when's it gonna happen
1: boardroomshow.com give me two days <laughs> <laughs> are you sure it's even boardroomshow.com I'm not actually I'm kind of confused you confused Boardroomshow.net me. no no <laughs> boardroomshow.com. Uh, let's pull it up right now and see what it looks like. Just for the shits and giggles, all right? Bear with me, all right? Let's see what happens. Are
0: you giving us, giving me the sneak peek, or is this what's I live right, right now? All right,
1: it's probably going to be... Notify me when it's ready.
0: Oh, Wayne Please Rich? check
1: back. We're building boardroom show website. A few finishing touches. Glass coat.
0: By the way, Wayne Rich is the cover shot who Kelly just gave a shout out to on his Instagram. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. How about right?
1: that? Yeah, that was really cool. All right. Well, um... Adios and Aloha until next time. My horse had worked the fields too long, and there had lost his inmate calm. It's true enough for not a kiss, but these is never worth seeing. Our love is not the light it
0: was when all can side the dark come, come, Where we look for where went. It's only tackles in the matter, and another show in the can thanks for tuning in surf Splendor podcast.com is where you go to see everything that we discussed in this show and then of course we've got a fantasy surfer tab there get your uh team set get your wager in if you want to wager it's really fun it's kind of a tight race in the top um part of our clubhouse between in the men's division between a few people that could take this thing so um Be a part of that. It's a lot of fun. And then if you want to wager, that makes it additionally fun, I would say. And then, of course, leave a comment about today's show. Participate in this conversation. It's not just Scott and I talking. We'd love to hear your feedback. We always do. And then on social media as well. And then, of course, look forward to next week's episode um, with Derek Riley and Chas Smith, um, founders of Beach Grit. Really dynamic dudes. And uh, we had a good fast-paced conversation we covered a lot of ground i mean those are just they're just good dudes doing really good work i think so i'm a big fan and um until then this is your host david scales reminding you just take some time paddle out catch a couple waves and shred on